Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 507. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Inside Science author interview series, we are joined today by scientist, author, quantum physicist, Dr. Paul Halpern. Dr. Paul Halpern will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates program via Zoom January 11th, 2021. And the title of his presentation is Synchronicity, Pauli, Jung, and the Quantum Nature of Cause and Effect. This is going to be fascinating today. This is going to be excellent, excellent interview. I'm excited to do this. You might remember physicists like Wolfgang Pauli for his Nobel Prize winning theoretical discoveries, his acerbic wit, and his uncanny tendency to destroy lab equipment if he happened to be within its vicinity. (laughs) Psychologists, on the other hand, note that he shared hundreds of his strange symbolic dreams with his therapist, the renowned psychoanalyst Carl Jung, leading to profound discussions between them about the nature of connections in mind and matter. Their collaboration is a fascinating chapter in the 20th century thought on science. Together, Pauli and Jung explored a concept called synchronicity, an unusual phenomenon they thought could link events without causes. Paul Halpern, professor of physics at the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia, tells the little-known story of this unlikely friendship and shows us how their insights continue to resonate in today's discourse about the nature of quantum reality. Paul Halpern shows us that in order to map out the complex connections in physics, we need to make sure we know how to separate the real from the illusory, and how even the greatest thinkers have conflated valid, testable scientific connections with human intuitions about the workings of the universe, where we are isolated in space and dwarfed by the immensity of time. Here we stand on a diminutive planet, orbiting a middling star, a glowing candle peripherally perched in one of myriad whirling galactic chandeliers, scattered among an unimaginably vast expanse of darkness. We are manifestly alone. Isolated in space, we are also dwarfed by the immensity of time. Our limited stay on Earth pales in comparison to the roughly 13.8 billion years since the Big Bang. Yet, despite such limitations, we brazenly hope to fathom as much of the colossal scope of reality as humanly possible. Since ancient times, we've gazed at the nighttime sky, searching for wisdom and connection. In the age of Homeric heroes, we imagine a vibrant interplay between the celestial figures and us mortals. Thousands of years later, Galileo's telescope offered a glimpse of the colossal distances involved. He speculated that while light traveled swiftly, it had a finite speed, meaning that sunlight takes some time to reach us and starlight far more so. When Michelson's measurements pinned that speed down and Einstein demonstrated that it was the upper limit of communication in conventional space, our remoteness became even more apparent. Einstein's general theory of relativity heralded the dawn of mathematical cosmology, which has revealed a vast expanding cosmos with an observable extent tens of billions of light years across. How naive it was back in earlier times to purport to interact with beings in the heavens. To imagine, for example, that the constellation Andromeda, in which an entire galaxy, M31 or the Andromeda galaxy, is centered, 
according to our line of sight, but much farther away than the stars in that constellation, was once an Ethiopian princess chained to a coastal rock as Greek mythology held. Classical science made great strides by embracing causality, the notion that reality is like a chain of toppling dominoes, each pressing on its neighbor and compelling it to fall. Yet, as quantum physics shows us, mechanical causality, as natural as it seems, is not enough to explain the wide range of phenomena in the universe. And that, of course, was our guest today, Dr. Paul Halpern, reading from his new book, Synchronicity, The Epic Quest to Understand the Quantum Nature of Cause and Effect, which we will be discussing today among many other subjects. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dr. Paul Halpern. Dr. Paul Halpern, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, and thank you for joining us. I, I know you're you're very busy. You have an upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation along with all of the other things that you're doing. But I think this is going to be an excellent uh, presentation and program for our audience. Everyone seems to enjoy uh, these, these science-related programs right now. And so I wonder if we could just start by you briefly describing your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. Maybe, maybe tell us, I mean, we're all on Zoom these days. Maybe tell us how you plan to use Zoom to engage our audience. So this will be my third presentation at the Smithsonian Associates. And uh, interestingly, it'll be three different locations because the first time I was underground and the second time I was in the uh, Museum of the American Indian and in the big auditorium. And, um, and this time I'm going to be on Zoom. So it's going to be a new experience for me being on Zoom for Smithsonian Associates. But I certainly expect... It will be a very lively audience, even through Zoom. Um, the last two times, I had excellent questions. I had great interaction with uh, people in the audience. It was really a, a very interesting experience. If you want to see my last event, it's on uh, C-SPAN Book TV. Uh, it was filmed, and that was the Quantum Labyrinth, which was back in 2017. Um, I'm hoping to to use Zoom to um, to do a presentation. I'm going to be presenting some pictures and talking about them and particularly focused on uh, the lives and work of uh, two uh, notable individuals, Wolfgang Pauli, a quantum physicist, and his therapist and collaborator, Carl Jung, a psychologist, and how they developed the idea of synchronicity, uh, which was Jung's idea, but Pauli helped lend it a a scientific touch, and uh, how they try to understand the web of connections between events in the universe, including mind and matter, which was a very ambitious project for them. And I'm in talking about that, I'm also going to look backward in time at how the ancient Greeks tried to do just that and tried to connect things in the universe and explore the history a bit. So I'm going to give a little bit of a taste of my book, uh, Synchronicity, to the audience. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the book, too. Um, Synchronicity, the epic quest to understand the quantum nature of cause and effect. I actually have a copy of it in hand right now, Dr. Alpern, and I loved it. it it's readable. It's uh, it's enjoyable. And one that I think just gives a, a great perspective on this idea of, uh, as you refer to, the kind of this idea between Jung and Pauli, maybe kind of a human portrayal rather than a scientific connection. And and I thought that that was 
that was really interesting, this idea of friendship and human psychology kind of coming together. You don't necessarily think of that with quantum physics, uh, but it, it was uh, fascinating. So I wondered if you'd tell us about about this connection uh, between the two men and and why that story was so appealing to you. My last few books have seemed to center on uh, friendships and connections and the human story behind scientists. Um, two books ago, I wrote about Einstein and Schrodinger and their friendship, which turned into a bit of a rivalry. And then my last book was about uh, Richard Feynman, who was a student of John Wheeler and then became a collaborator with John Wheeler. And this book is an interesting story about somebody who went to someone for therapy and then became a friend and collaborator. Uh, Pauli uh, turned to Carl Jung during a very distressing moment in his life. His, his mother had committed suicide uh, after his father had an extramarital affair. Shortly thereafter, Pauli got married and his wife had been in love with a chemist and she continued to see the chemist throughout their brief marriage. And finally, they, they got divorced after only about a year. That was a very uh, distressing period for Pauli, and he was particularly upset because she ran off with a chemist. He, he, he said, well, uh, if it was a bullfighter, I would understand, but a lowly chemist? <laughs> um, so, he, yeah, so he was, quite, he was quite a character. He was a real, really bright person, but very, very quirky, uh, had uh, sometimes a bit of a temper. He could really uh, tear people apart at, at seminars if he didn't agree with the idea because he was very rigorous about his physics. And then when he had this terrible time in his life, he turned to Jung. Jung set him up with an assistant temporarily, and um, the assistant taught Pauli how to record his dreams. And he recorded more than a 1,000 dreams, and that was amazing for Jung because Jung was very interested in science and to have a quantum physicist convey all these dreams was really amazing for Jung. And that led Jung to new avenues of thought about symbolism. Pauli's dreams were full of all the symbolism, which might have to do with the fact that he was dealing with symbols, mathematical symbols in his studies of quantum physics. And all these numbers and things came out of it, which um, Jung interpreted and then eventually, this was this was during the 30s, and then eventually during the 1950s, Jung decided to write down his ideas about synchronicity, which he called an a-causal connecting principle, an idea of connecting things without cause and effect. And he invited Pauli to collaborate on the book, and Pauli uh, contributed a piece about the astronomer Johannes Kepler and another astronomer, uh, Robert Flood. So they, they were um, matched up in this book. And at that point, people could know who the anonymous dreamer was who contributed so many um, dreams to Jung's work. Jung had kept it quiet, but people could start to figure out, oh, it was a quantum physicist. And now there's a quantum physicist collaborating with Jung, so it must be the same person. In the subtitle of the book, you, you refer to this idea of cause and effect. Is that a nod there to Jung? And what are you trying to convey here in, in the subtitle with the words cause and effect? So my book goes all the way back to ancient times to explore the idea of causality, or also known as the law of cause and effect, which says that every time you have some kind of effect, there must be a chain 
of causes, uh, connecting it with some first cause, just like a row of dominoes. So if you see a domino topple over, you know that there was another domino that pushed it over, and then before that there was another domino, and eventually you can trace that back to the first domino that was pushed over. Well, that's true in classical physics. In classical physics, everything has a local cause. So if something suddenly speeds up, you know that there must have been some kind of force on it, and that force has a cause. For example, let's say somebody is going bowling, and one uh, swings one's arm back and lets the bowling ball go. Well, the acceleration of the bowling ball is due to the acceleration of the person's arm. And then the acceleration of the person's arm is due to uh, other aspects of the person's physiology. And going all the way back to first cause, which in this case would be the volition to um, swing one's arm while going bowling. And, and so many things in physics have this chain of cause and effect. But in quantum physics, there are cases where things seem to happen without a cause and effect. And that is related to synchronicity because um, Jung explored those ideas in psychology and was interested in the physics behind it. And the phenomenon I'm talking about particularly is called quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement is where you take two particles, you have uh, complementary properties of the particles. One might be have a certain property and the other has its op the opposite property. For example, there's a property of particles called spin, which has to do with like spinning tops, whether they're spinning counterclockwise or spinning clockwise. So if you're spinning counterclockwise, the axis is pointing up. If you flip that over, then it's spinning clockwise and the axis is pointing down. So we call these spin up and spin down in quantum physics. Well, if you have two particles and you put them in a box and you don't know what their spins are, they each have equal likelihood of having either spin up or spin down. Now, there's an effect named after Pauli that says that in such a situation, they both can't be spin up and they both can't be spin down. That's called the Pauli exclusion principle. It says that you can ha never have two particles in exactly the same state. So you know that if one is spin up, the other must be spin down, but you might not know which is spin up and which is spin down. Okay, well, in the, if they're in a box, each is 50-50 chance, but you don't know which one is spin up, which is spin down. Now let's say you take one out of the box, don't look at it, and move it to some location, and you take the other one, don't look at that one, and move it to a very distant location, and then you measure the spin of the first one, and that turns out to be spin up. You automatically know that the second one is spin down instantly. You don't have to wait for a chain of cause and effect. You don't have this domino connection between the two of them. You instantly know that if one is spin up, the other must be spin down. And uh, that's pretty remarkable. It can happen at any distance in space, and that's quantum entanglement. And it's an example of an a-causal connection. So that's why the subtitle of the book, Cause and Effect, has to do with exploring situations where you have a cause and effect and situations which are a-causal, where you have a remote connection without a chain of events linking them. We are with Dr. Paul Halpern, 
Dr. Paul Halpern will be presenting at Smithsonian Associates Monday, January 11th. We're going to put links up to where you can find out more information about Dr. Halpern's upcoming presentation, as well as links about where you can find out more information about Dr. Halpern, in particular, his new book titled Synchronicity, The Epic Quest to Understand the Quantum Nature of Cause and Effect. In the book, Dr. Halpern, you say that in order to understand the complex connections in physics, we need to make sure we know how to separate the real from the illusory. I wonder if you'd explain that for us. Well, interestingly, if you look at science and trace it back uh, to ancient times, there was a connection between scientific measurements and speculation, which had to do with um, human events. And that connected with human feelings and more of a sense of uh, that something might happen. So I'll, I'll give you an example. If you, you look at constellations, you can predict the movements of those constellations in the sky, and you can predict when certain stars will appear in the sky. You can predict eclipses. And those are all legitimate scientific phenomena. But then if a culture had fear associated with an eclipse or saw promise to a certain star, if something seemed like a good omen or a bad omen, that's not strictly science. That's uh, an example of astrology. And other aspects of nature uh, also were used for, for divination. If a certain animal crosses your path, it was considered a good omen or a bad omen. So there, mm. there's this whole history of that. And uh, people today still look at coincidences and see them as good luck or bad luck or something amazing that happened to them. But science needs to look at things objectively. So uh, the fact that you you uh, go somewhere and you run into somebody that you know from your hometown might be more probable than you think. You might think, wow, this is amazing. This has never happened to anyone before. I, I went all the way to another country and I ran into somebody from my hometown. What a coincidence. And it is kind of a coincidence, but it isn't necessarily a sign of something scientific or something significant. And the only way you know if something scientific or significant is through objective measurements. In science, they talk about double-blind studies where you don't know who the uh, experimental subjects are and they don't know who the experimenters are. And you, you look, look at large sets of data over a long period of time and you apply statistics. And then you say, oh, this is a real phenomenon. So, for example, quantum entanglement is a link between two particles. That's a real phenomenon because it's been studied objectively again and again and again with different experiments. But coincidence in human life is typically just something uh, just happens by chance and it's not necessarily a sign of something significant happening. So human intuitions and, and kind of is perhaps the workings of the universe here. Yeah, so uh, people sometimes have hunches, and that that's great. It's it's more of a reflection of of a person's ability to see patterns or to to try to ponder the future. But a hunch doesn't necessarily mean a signal from the past or or a connection or you know that 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 there's some connection through a higher dimension or something. People have all sorts of theories of prediction, and and that people can channel spirits and sense things over over distance. And uh, for instance, Jung and Pauli were both interested in the work of a parapsychologist who worked in North Carolina. 
J.B. Rhine, who did card reading experiments. Hmm. And uh, that was an attempt to try to see if psychic phenomena, card reading, is scientific. But that was done only in one lab, and, and other labs couldn't duplicate the, the experiments. So it's, it's still not considered scientific. Hmm. Oh, this is fascinating. I, I really could talk to you for, for a long time, Dr. Paul Halpern. I just have really one final question for you. In writing the book, what did you learn? What insights did you draw, perhaps from your research, that might in particular resonate with our audience who might not be uh, the terms I thought you, you used, which were so interesting earlier in our conversation, was this, you know, pseudoscientist or, you know, non-science oriented or, or a scientist. What did you learn that might really draw in our audience about the nature of, of quantum reality? I guess I learned more about people than about quantum reality because I knew a fair amount about quantum physics before going into it. But I, I wondered why do people have this sense, a uh, personal sense of synchronicity and sense that, that something happens and it's, it's just amazing coincidence and they're so happy that this coincidence happened and people have conveyed all sorts of stories to me where hmm. um, their car breaks down and they go to somebody else and say, like, can you help me out? And they say, oh, by coincidence, my car just broke down too. And people see great significance to this. And I think the reason for this is because the human brain has this tremendous ability to find patterns. This is an evolutionary advantage to us because sometimes finding a pattern is life-saving. For example, if you associate loud horns and bright lights with, you know, trucks on a road, that can save your life. So that's where, you know, this immediate pattern recognition is uh, helpful for survival. But on the other hand, the brain is always looking for patterns. So it's sometimes finding false patterns. And if somebody is really good at finding patterns, they tend to pick up on things. They pick up on connections. They might be reading something about some topic and then they hear a song and there's a word in the song that's connected to the topic and say, wow, that's amazing. Well, what a coincidence. This song is talking about what I'm reading about and so forth. If you're really good at finding patterns, you're apt to keep finding that. And then if you're pseudoscientific, you might say, oh, well, I must have this special gift for uh, synchronicity because I can find, um, you know, I have all these amazing uh, coincidences in my life that are inexplicable. Well, they're probably not inexplicable because if you're keen on finding patterns and you're, you're adept at finding patterns, they're going to happen more and more often. Again, fascinating stuff. Um, the book, of course, is Synchronicity, The Epic Quest to Understand the Quantum Nature of Cause and Effect. It is by our guest today, Dr. Paul Halpern. We'll beat the Smithsonian Associates program coming up here Monday, January 11th. We're going to put links to everything. I, I love the book. I'm just going to recommend it one more time to our audience because it's just such an enjoyable book about these two, these two titans, really, Pauli and, and Young, and, and their pioneering work and, and their, their portrayal of their friendship. So, so excellent, excellent book, Dr. Halpern. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Hope you and your family are doing well, uh, living with quarantine, and that uh, you're staying safe during these times. We look forward to seeing you at the upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. But thank you so much for your generous time today, Dr. Halpern. My pleasure, and thank you for having me on the show. 
My thanks to Dr. Paul Halpern, who'll be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates Program via Zoom January 11th, 2021. And the title of his presentation is Synchronicity, Pauli, Jung, and the Quantum Nature of Cause and Effect. More details are available on our website. Thanks, as always, to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. And thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please, everyone, practice smart social distancing. Be well and remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everyone.